Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and today on the show, I've got the Madison-based hip-hop artist, Trace. You did. Um, his uh, EP, It Be Like That, came out last year, and uh, I'm excited to hear about what he's got cooking now. We're going to talk about his artistry and all things love and fear and why he does what he does. Trace, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Good to see you. How are you? I am pretty good, man. Uh, it's an exciting time. Um, I'm actually moving to California in two weeks. Moving to California? Congrats. Yeah, yeah temporarily. I mean, you never know. You know it's, it's always in the air. What's bringing you out there? Um, actually, I have been chosen um, by a filmmaking student. She's in her master's program um, to uh, do it. She's doing, she has to do a documentary on the life of a creative. Mm. And it's really funny because I was already like putting my own documentary together yeah. um, with a stockpile of footage I have over the years. And um, I kind of forgot that I had submitted that video to her to consider me as an artist that she should you know, do her project on. And then she, as I'm doing the video and I'm, I'm speaking to my homie like, yeah, like I really need someone to lock arms with me, like a video person that knows more than me like mm -hmm. to make this a reality. And then here she comes, just like calling my phone. Yeah, I chose you for my documentary oh, project. Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's convenient. <laughs> yeah, it works. It's alignment. What uh, yeah, what uh, part of California? Um, Bay Area. Bay Area. Yeah, that's I got a place. spot in uh, in Sac Town right now, Sacramento. That's just a temporary spot to get out there because it's kind of uh, it's a very time sensitive project. So I got to get out there as soon as I can. Mm -hmm. um, but then yeah, I'm, I'm gonna move closer towards like the city. You know, that's Oakland, exciting. San Francisco. It's awesome, dude. I've I, um, been uh, wanting to make it out there uh, for a long time now. I think that's the next big trip I want to make is out to California. Yeah, the bay is the bay is like very open and just free flowing and like there's a, it's very progressive. A lot of conscious beings out there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so I've heard hotbed for music for mm -hmm. sure. Well, then that's uh, that's fitting, and you'll fit right in. Um, so uh, Trace, well, so what we talk about. Um, uh, and Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear uh, through our passionate and creative minds. And um, we uh, met through Loom. Uh, we met uh, from the, the streaming service slash social network Loom. Um, met you in person. Uh, we did that like artist meetup thing at High Five Studio. Right. And um, it was cool to you know hear a little bit about like Madison's own music scene and, and just you know the sound coming out from there and. Uh, uh, how, you know, essentially, um, uh, we need to uh, basically be utilizing each other more, Milwaukee and Madison. Um, that's very yeah. uh, essential. So to, to start, I'd love to hear about, uh, I guess, like why you chose this path. You know, what, uh, what, um, what, where did you start finding cr music as like your creative outlet? Um, well, as a kid, as a child, I really liked to write a lot. I wrote short stories and stuff, and poems and. That was like my, you know, like I always love to learn, but I, I, I always love to express myself too. And sometimes when you're learning, you don't, you know, you're just learning. But writing allowed me to learn and express myself. Um, so yeah, I used to write, and then I used to write like little raps and stuff, you know, to whatever beats I used sound click back then, yeah. you know. I put my first songs on MySpace, yeah. you know. Um, 
I really got inspired from the older generation in my city. I was born and raised in Beloit, Wisconsin. Sure. Yeah. And uh, the first people that ever like have like quality recorded music in my city were like my my friends, like older brothers and cousins and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So they they started coming out with a lot of really good sounding music. You know, like yeah. I was like, wow, this sounds great. Like this sounds like a professional song. Yeah. So from that point on, you know, like people had always told me like you should record some new stuff because I was always just like rapping at parties and doing whatever. So yeah, I just kind of sought out an engineer to work with and I found one and I worked with him for a while, did all my first songs with him. He really mentored me and helped me get my own studio equipment because as soon as I recorded with him like the first time and I heard how good he made me sound, I was like, I got to know what he's doing. I got to know how, what he's doing in that computer to make this what it is. So yeah, I uh, started on that path, and um, I graduated high school with, you know, in high school, when I was a senior in high school is when I started putting out my first couple songs, sure. and my first little projects, uh, with my best friend Bilal at the time. Um, Bilal's missing, he's been missing for like eight years, so hashtag where's Bilal, you'll see that, that's kind of what that's about. Um, and yeah, that, that really kept me going too, you know, like my best friend disappeared, you know. Mm -hmm. And like we we did music together, and that was our dream. You know, we always kind of had that in mind, and that just like really, when that happened, it was like I'll never stop. Yeah, for sure. You know. Um, and how long ago was that? That was uh, in 2011, August August 6, 2011. It was the last time we seen him. Damn. Wow. Well, shit. Uh, that, that was a long time ago. Damn. Eight yeah. years. Yeah. Shit. It's been a while now. Once that occurred, like once that happened, uh, like, well, I guess like how would you describe like your initial reaction to that? To be honest, we didn't even really think it was like really a thing until like, like, you know, like we were all like, yo, where's Bilal? You know, like, has anybody seen him? Did he go with a girl? Like, is he out of town? Like, making a move? Like, what is he doing? You know, and two, three, four days, you know, like whatever, somebody would go, that was back before everyone had smartphones. Right, yeah. So it was like, you know, if he disappears for a day or two, whatever, like I'm sure he'll be back at the crib or he'll call one of us to, you know. And then like, it was just like six days, like no one has heard from him or seen from him and everybody's like starting to get a little worried, you know, like, like where is bro at? Like we start calling every jail everywhere, you know, like is he locked up somewhere? Cause no one can find him. And yeah, then six days turned into ten days, and turned into two weeks, a month, a year. You know, it just it's like they vanished out of thin air. Oh, yeah. shit, man. That's that's terrifying. Um, it's what? a very weird thing. Yeah. To like, you're just like, how? How do you lose a person? Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. It's like when um I remember in that like plane. Like the Malaysian plane disappeared, and everyone's like, "How do you lose a plane?" For real, though. You know, it's like to, with technology, with you know how quickly, like you know, uh, like the authorities have surveillance of things. It's like right. it, it just doesn't line up. It doesn't right. add up at no, all. It don't. It don't. Yeah. So once that happened, yeah, like I guess from when like your initial reaction occurred to when you know you came to terms with it, how would it? apply to you know how you would move forward with it and take you know your your direction with like not only personally but also you know with your music and everything yeah i mean Bilal was the first person i ever touched a microphone with so i mean you know he was a he was very much an, an influence on me he was younger than me 
um, by about a year. But yeah, he was just always super cool and super having a good time. And to be honest with you, like he was ahead of his time. Like he was, he was a dope ass rapper, dude. Mm -hmm. And he like the stuff that he was making is very similar to a lot of the stuff that's hot right now. Yeah, you know, like. So I mean, I don't know if I ever really came to terms with like he wasn't gonna come back at least not for a long time, you know. And now it's just kind of like it's hard to do anything but just like, you know. It, like I said, bro, it's a weird thing. It's just like you just it's a weird feeling, bro. Can't, it's yeah. an empty feeling. I can't quite describe it. Right, because there's no closure with there's it. There's nothing, bro. Um, We've never, yeah. And yeah, well, it's, it's crazy. Well, that's um, well. I'm sorry that you had to ex you experienced that, man. Um, in in like you know his his legacy, uh, it's clear. You know he'd be proud of you. It sounds like. I I I know that if he was here right here, he'd be right next to me for sure. Yeah. And if if not, you know, you know, us being already somewhere where we really like to be, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, where um so um. As uh, so, yeah. Like I guess when did um you know like starting to record, starting to make mm -hmm. music more like seriously? Like where did that turn into like performing for you? Right on. Um, I did my f I did my first recordings in the January first, twenty ten, New Year's Day. Did my first ever like real recordings besides like recording on a headset at, right, you know, yeah. at the crib. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, and then um. Bilal was always like in and out of jail too, so it was like, you know, a lot of my friends were in and out of jail, and I just, I just kept at it. I was very passionate about recording and getting songs recorded. Like the moment I heard my voice come back to me, and like my homies on a track, and it's like a whole song and it's quality. I was like, I love this. So uh, and and like me just like having that, you know, I'm seventeen, eighteen year old kid, uh, you know, and I'm just like about to like try to go to college and do something with my life you know like i'm knowing like my life is about to open up and becoming an adult and like i'm playing my my tracks at all the part and everyone's just like yeah bro like your stuff is going so uh i got my first show actually but i was locked up so me and the homies like we all got like free his nickname was ko that's why i got the ko on my face right here mm -hmm. Uh, we did a, a show and we had like free KO t-shirts. My first show was in Janesville, Wisconsin in a bowling alley. Wow. <laughs> in the back of a bowling alley. And um, yeah, I was there. True Films was there. True Films is like, does videos for like Trey the Truth and a lot of people wow. in Texas. Very, very awesome. known f uh, filmmaker yeah. in hip hop. That's dope. Uh, yeah, we, we all did a show out there. And um, yeah, from that moment on, it was just like, I saw the potential. Like I had a squad with me like you know and that was back before anybody had tracks so we were like the only people with like quality songs mm -hmm. you know now it's like everybody's making music the technology's available for everyone to do that so back then it was like bro, we were getting a lot of love and we were we yeah. had buzz and right. it, you know and that really laid the inspirational kind of groundwork for like everything that i got to do after that like, mm -hmm. people knew like yeah man he, they've been doing this forever you know? that's awesome <laughs> that's that is super dope you know? um Janesville Bowling Alley. Yeah, El Rey Bowl. Like, <laughs> no lie, my first show, for sure. Oh, yeah. Didn't even didn't know they did live music out there. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Someone just finessed the move, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Yeah. We're doing it here. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> so your project, uh, It Be Like That. Uh, tell, yeah. yeah, tell me about that thing. Uh, yeah. The process behind it. Maybe. Super, super awesome, actually. Um, it started in my granny's basement. She's living on the block right now, still there, been there over 30 years. My mom was raising that house, I was raising that house. My granny's still there right now. Shout out uh, Granny. Shout out to Granny, for real, she's the realist. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, how that project started was like me kind of staying inside. Like, you know, I've always been a leader in my friend circle. I've always, you know, I've been in the streets my whole life, you know, you know, I'm just really tr always trying to make moves. Like, that's what I'm obsessed with the next move, you know. So, you know, I was going through some things. I was just like, you know what, like, I'm going to really like stay in the basement and develop, you know. I bought a beat pad at the time. My mentor had taught me how to engineer. He was teaching me how to record, how to get quality recordings, how to, how to mix techniques that I could use, how to like get my own equipment and like, you know, and because he, he knew in his mind like he wasn't going to do music probably forever in that way or he could yeah. help me forever. So he was just always like, look, bro, I'm going to help you get set up and you're going to take off and do your thing. And so it'd be like that started in the basement. I bought uh, Native Instruments uh, yeah. beat, beat pad and I just... You know, every day it was a slow ass process learning how to make beats. Cause mm -hmm. at that time I was like, man, I want to make beats so bad. Like, there's so many people that do it. Like, I could definitely do it. I just gotta put that time in. So I did. So it's, it'd be like that. Started in Grady's basement. Um, I moved back to Madison for a while, and while I caught a bunch of cases, bro. I caught like four cases, bro. I was like, like this close to going to, to, the, to the joint, bro. So I was like, yeah. I gotta get out of Beloit. Like, let me go back to Madison, chill, get a job, like do that thing and just sit down for a second and keep working. And I did that. And then while I was sitting down, you know, I was still like traveling out a little bit and whatever. And uh, it's crazy because I was working on that project for like a year. Like I, I didn't have a lot of time because I was traveling around a lot. But uh, in 2017, my whole life really changed like I really went out into the world for the first time like in my car with everything I needed my recording equipment and I went to California I got stuck in Vegas on the way to California stuck in Vegas lost all the money I had lost everything oh fuck so I got stuck in Vegas for like two weeks and I was just like oh bro I was grinding and I was running my money back up bro luckily Bilal Bilal's older brother actually lived in Vegas at the okay. time and I was I took my one friend on the road with me so it's me and my friend and then we got, we lost all our money. I literally woke up in a hotel room with two, like I, I went on the road with like 2,500 bucks. Boom, all of it's gone. I had like $6. My homie had a little bit of bread. I had some work, you know what I'm saying, in my pocket. So I hit the strip, made it do what it do. Uh, got just enough money where I felt like I was, you know, gonna be comfortable. My homie was with me, we took him back to the crib. His girl comes out the front door and, and, and shoots at him. No lie, bro. No lie, bro. I'm in, I'm in Vegas, bro. He came out on the street with us. Some girl had said, like, he was hollering at his, some girl. We go back to the crib to lay down for the night. She comes out with a revolver, blasting at him. I made sure he was safe, and I was like, bro, I can't stay with you no more. I'm sorry, I gotta go. Like, I can't be around this. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I finally made it to California, and then, man, that, that changed my life. Um... I showed up at a Grateful Dead concert um, just on a whim because I was literally living on the streets. When I went to California, I stayed with a homie. He was from Wisconsin. He had to go back to Wisconsin. And at that point, I left this house and I was on the streets. Like me and my homie were in my car on the streets in LA. If you ever been in LA, you know that it's not the place you want to be on the streets in. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, I met these guys, and this is a crazy story in itself, but I met these guys and they were on tour with the Grateful Dead and they Long story short, I met all these different people throughout the day at this show, different, different occasions. 
Then I went to an after party after the show had let out and I seen all of them together standing in a circle. And it tripped me out, bro. Like, and, you know, like I was tripping at the time. It was a Grateful Dead show. Right. <laughs> so I'm like tripped out and I'm like, no way. And I go up and I'm like, yo, I'm like, I met all y'all today. I was like, all oh, y'all know each other? And they're like, they're like, yeah, dog, Trace, Vinny, like, who, who's just talking about y'all? I'm like, no way, bro. I'm like, no way. They're like, and this is Hollywood Boulevard, like after a Grateful Dead show in Hollywood, it's jumping. And they're like, yeah, they're like, we're on tour with the dead, man. Like, are you guys going to the next show? And I'm like, what next show? I'm on the streets. I came here to like yeah. get some money up and like right. meet some people and like hopefully open a door. And they're like, bro, we got a spot in San Francisco. You should come stay with us. Whatever, whatever, right? And I'm at the time, I'm like working on my music little by little. I got my laptop and just like doing whatever. Yeah. I'm not recording at this point, but I'm working on mixes and stuff like that. And then I get to San Francisco and I stay with them for the weekend. And it was the most magical weekend ever. Wow. Like, like I was, I designed skateboards as well. And I like was on the lot in San Francisco in a venue that was built for the dead in Mountain View, California. Wow. And, I'm, and I'm out there just like hustling my boards and all this shit. And I made hella money. So many people were buying my boards. I had a whole trunk full of boards. I left like half a trunk full of boards. Oh, nice. So everything's going good. Everything's going good. Well, um, we ended up going on tour. And throughout the whole tour, I couldn't work on my music much, but I had it with me. And I made a whole round after tour, went back home for a month or two, checked in, then went back to San Francisco. And when I went back, I was my plan was to work and finish. It'd be like that. And I went to a club one night. I had... My car was just parked down the street. Somebody spark plugged my window, stole my kid's super bag, one of one backpack that my friend, uh, friends in New York made uh, for me with my hard drive in it, with all my music, with all my files, oh, all my fuck. graphics, all a bunch of footage I had, oh, literally like years of work, like literally years of work. Oh, so at that point, I was left with my project as it was, as I had the songs bounced out, like they were not finished. You know, every time you, you know, you make some progress, you bounce it out, go listen to it, make sure it's good, whatever. But they broke into my car and stole my hard drive and everything. I had nothing. I only had the songs as they were. I had to cut a couple songs because they just weren't quality enough. So I was literally faced with that decision, like, do I put this tape out as it is, this little EP work, my first self-produced EP, you know? Yeah. Like I'm making the beats, I'm doing it. Chris LaBella produced two joints on it as well, but you know, like, it was like, do I drop it as is or I just scrap it, you know? Mm -hmm. All this all this work, like, these are good songs, like, it yeah. got meaning, like, I poured my heart into it. So it was just like, but it, the, the album, it was already called It Be Like That, and it was like, I can't control that. I couldn't control a person's spark plug in my window while I'm just in a club randomly and taking my shit. So it was like, it literally just boiled down to like, it, it actually added more energy to the project. You know, what are you gonna do? It'd be like that, bro. You can't control about what happens, only what how you, right. what you do about it. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. <laughs> it's like you, you can never be in control of, of, the, of the tragedy. It's all about how you respond to it. It, um, it, it fired me up, though. It was like, yeah. I, I don't care. Like, fuck all that music. I'm about to go back to the lab and like, yeah. get back to work. Right. You know? That so. adrenaline's just pumping through you and you're like, you get so frantic. You're like, what the fuck? Do I do now? <laughs> like, I honestly feel like the most traumatic things I've went through were so vital to my actual path. They me. always Cause, are because they just they fueled me. They've just put fire in my soul. Like 
Yeah, so I'm thankful for it one way or another. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, it is a really well-produced project. And I, and I felt like this, too. I felt like, you know, it's my first project. Like, people are willing to, like, cut me some slack on the quality. They'll see the progression. Yeah. And if they, if they, anyone ever asks me any questions about the project, they'll understand. Yo, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, dude, we're just grateful that, like, you, you put it out and that you were content enough with what you had to share it with others, you know, yeah. like, like considering the circumstances. So, and you also have a daughter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Six year old daughter. Yeah. What's her name? Her name is Loyalty, aka Lolo. Shout out Lolo. Shout out when Lolo. she watches this. My baby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how has um, been having a daughter? How has that like impacted your process and how it's inspired you? How it's how it really did change further? Oh, everything. super, super thankful, you know, because you know, she keeps me humble, you know, she's the realest person, like, she, you know, she spends more time with me than a lot of my friends, so she knows who I am, you know, she knows the real me, she'll call me out on my, on my stuff, Yeah. you know, um, but, you know, I think it's, it's very good in a lot of ways, because her, her mom has four other kids, she's my only child, so she has, like, a whole family, siblings, she goes to school, you know, she, during the school year, she's, she comes with me on the weekends, um, you know, it's, she gets that balance of like all that and the solo one-on-one -on -one, like you know very spiritual time with her father um, and she I feel like she keeps me coming back because like honestly like you know I really love the world there's a lot to see there's a lot to do and you know her the fact that her and her family is here it keeps me coming back which is, is really good you know I, not to say that I wouldn't if she, I didn't have a daughter but definitely more of a reason to be here and to keep coming to see my friends and my family yeah so, yeah, and it, it really drives me, you know, when I'm out on the road or I'm out, you know, making moves, doing whatever, I just, whenever I, you know, I can't slack off too much because it, immediately I have that in my mind of like, hey, don't forget what you're doing this for. Like, you know, you want to give your daughter a better life. Like, this isn't fun time necessarily, like have fun doing what you're doing, but stay focused. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's good. She's, she's a check and balance for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I relate a lot to what you're saying because, like, um, there really is, like, just so much beauty and, and just vitality in this world despite so much, like, adversity we deal with, you know? Not only from, you know, like, the state of our affairs in our country right. and in the world, you know, like, feeling powerless against the system. Like, that's real. It's and, real. For real, for real. For real, for real. And I, and like, as somebody, like, I mean, I deal with mental health issues, so like, dealing with that, you know, it can be very easy to lose sight of, you know, the beauty and the, you know, just really like, even just the community that's just all around you, like down the street, you know, people that are like, you know, living in this, in, for in this neighborhood, like River West is like, such a beautiful community of such unique and eccentric people and like, it reminds me every day, like, you know, why I love doing this, mm -hmm. why I love living here, just, like, why every single day is, a is really is a blessing. Yeah. Really is a fucking blessing. And, and we lose, I think that it's just so fucking hard sometimes, like, when, especially with, you know, like, such tragedies, is like, you, you feel so, like, you know, it, it can be really easy to feel what are actually very temporary emotions or temporary slumps like 
they feel you just feel so powerless against them. But that's why it's important, like you know, the sense of community, like it's the most beautiful thing ever. Community is great. Seriously. Yeah, I mean, that's another reason why I just I love Madison so much. You know, I I moved to Madison from Beloit when I was nineteen to study music production at Madison Media Institute, and. Uh, from the moment that I got there, I was just embraced with open arms. You know, we share the same area code, 608, um, so it's really cool. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, right. you know, the moment I got there, I was embraced by, you know, radio DJs and artists and producers, you know, people like, you know, Boss Lady, Shaw Evans, DJ Paid One, um, you know, Urban Community Arts Network, you know, Shout Karen, out Karen Reese, yeah, like, you know, like, um, just so many wonderful people that really care about hip hop and really, you know, are doing whatever they can to create a, a better sense of community. You know, I live downtown on college campus. Like, I wake up, you know, I'm across the street from James Madison Park. There's intellectuals all around me, musicians yeah. all around me. A lot of my neighbors play music. You know, my my studio is four blocks down on the Capitol Square, ninth floor, glass wall view, the whole city. Like. You know, the moment I opened those doors, you know, the moment we got our studio on the square there, like doors just opened because it, it allows that sense of community. People, people now have a safe, creative space to come in and out of to make beautiful music. Yeah. You know, really? so. Totally, man. Super thankful. Yeah, that's awesome. Community's everything. Very much so. Um, so what, what, what intimidates you about, um, about this path and about, uh, you know, a music career like what are some things that intimidate you but what also reminds you why you do what you do honestly I think like uh, the idea of, of like you know fame and success and what some people like the illusion of that what that is to some people you know I'm I'm already around a lot of people you know constantly working with new people and you know it's just I, I I need to have a balance of alone time to truly progress and reflect and to make, you know, the necessary changes within myself. So, you know, I know I'm going to be successful because I love what I do and I do it every day, you know, and it's just algorithms, it's patterns, it's a numbers game. Eventually, you just keep doing what you love to do, man, it's all going to work out, right. you know, like, you know, even if you, even if you make $100,000 a year, like, you're not a millionaire, but it's not... Happiness needs to be more in the conversation of success than just money because a hundred thousand dollars a year is a damn good living yeah. Like, you know, yeah, you're not gonna own a whole bunch of things, but you can have a nice career a nice vehicle Live nice, affordably. Yeah. Provide. Yeah. Yeah. 100% So, you know as as you know as reserved as a person as I can be at times because of my art and what I have to do spiritually to progress I think um, that's what intimidates me a little bit is just knowing like you know with success is probably kind of an inevitable thing you know you just have to learn how to deal with it mm -hmm. so you know uh, you know so it'll have i'll learn as i go or yeah. whatever but that kind of i agree <laughs> i agree i think that the biggest intimidations like come from when people still cling to like self-doubt and they they're like man i don't know if like i'm ready for this or like did i do this right or am i really is this really like my my truth? That still gets yeah. me all the time, man. But but then like especially when I'm sitting down here talking to awesome artists about their story and about why they do what they do, it lets me see some of that in myself. You know, I, I can feel that. So tell me about a Trace show. 
a trade show. Yeah. Um, yeah, it could be one of a couple things. Um, I do play live with a band a lot of times, and that's a really special one. Um, I've played with tons of different musicians um, a lot. But, uh, yeah, I've made a lot of, like, musical stuff. A lot of uh, melodious stuff, a lot of things. Um, a lot of my friends uh, have jazz backgrounds, so we do a lot of, incorporate a lot of horns in our production, saxophone, trumpet. Um, so we've made a lot of stuff that's kind of, like, got the funky, groovy, jazzy feel to hip-hop yeah. with it. And that's what I've done a lot of the last year. However, um, my roots are definitely in major hip-hop, you know, and uh, you know, <laughs> just came up in a crazy, in a crazy world, in a crazy uh, situation with crazy people, bro. So, like, I'm working on right now um, a full-length album called Life's a Trip and a couple trap, like, EPs, some really banging shit. Nice. So, like, so traditionally you would see me playing uh, more cinematic, spiritual, uplifting type yeah. shit. yeah. Um, I'm about to give my people some of that hard knocking, uh, you know, street talk for y'all. Yeah. Street talk. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was crazy too because uh, I was working on a lot of this music, and like I said, primarily my music is very spiritual and very deep um, in that regard. But um, you know, I've been through a lot of shit, and I'm just I'm ready to outlet a different side of me. And I was talking to my friend about it. I said, you know, I'm, I really want to make some quality street music. Like people need to hear this from me. Mm -hmm. And right when I did that, like I bumped into a friend who I know makes music and I just, you know, we just never had that spark yet. And then I tell him like, oh my, yeah, man, like I'd like to check out your beats and stuff. It turns out like they're perfect for what I want to do. So it, it disaligned. We locked in the studio for like a month. Um, 88 Brazen. He's also a um, artist on Loom, producer on Loom. So me and him got together. We got like two EPs in the works right now. Fuck yeah. Yeah, they're, they're fucking hidden. So those ones I'm going to do without the band because those are just going to, you know, that's all them 808s and all that heavy hitting shit for y'all. Yeah. So yeah, you can you can get the, the spiritual like full band feel or you can get the, you know, Turn Up Trace, which hasn't really came out yet, but stay tuned. It's like different, uh, sort of like uh, different dimensions of your personality, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, you know, because there's, there's many different modes and avenues in life. Facets know? of everything. You know, like music is just an expression of a moment or an yes. idea yeah. or an experience, so, you know, we have a lot of different kinds of those. Yeah. Yep. You ever go to Chicago at all? Oh, yeah. I'm from the Chicago area. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I just went to Lala. Um, this year. Oh, how was it? <laughs> it was lit. So, uh, I've been to Lala two years. Not, I went this year, not last year, but the year before. I used to go every year, yeah. And I, look, I'm very lucky to know some cool people. I get backstage artist passes. Nice. Um, I usually skate a demo with a professional skateboarding team, the character skateboarding okay. team. Sure. They're based in Chicago. All the skaters, those are my homies and stuff. Um, so I've been blessed to go with them. And yeah, yeah, I got to meet a lot of big names and big stars back there and, you know, brush shoulders with the right people, so it's, it was tight. It's a lot of this year was pretty cool. Yeah, fuck yeah. I, I haven't been since 2016, but I used to go every year. Um, but if I I used to go as a fan. I was going entirely as a sure, fan. Sure, it's sure. like, if I could go to do what you were, like, getting backstage, interacting with... That's where you want to be. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I would totally return if I, if I had that opportunity. Yeah. To like actually like interact with people yeah. that are impacting the world with their art. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Who um yeah, like I guess like who's who's an artist that like 
you know, uh, really impacted you when you met them, got to interact with them? Oh, man. Honestly, Safaga. Safaga is, man, honestly, he's one of my, one of my best friends. I would consider him awesome. And uh, I literally, Kid Super was having an art show and, or, uh, no, actually he was, he was dropping a line of clothing and this was like before he got really big and I was just like outside and like I'm always in the Kid Super drip and him and his friend Looney, which is also one of my good friends, they were walking down the street and it was just like complimenting my outfit and stuff. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. where the party at? And we're on Broadway in Brooklyn. I'm like, right in here, bud. I was like, and we were, bro, we had a three-story party going on. It was lit. And, uh, yeah, dude, like, literally, uh, he met Colum, who was, you know, yep. the, the face of Kid Super. And he eventually started living in the basement of Kid Super, built a huge fan base out of Kid Super. And, honestly, is like, a very, very popular artist in New York and really all over the world. Like, Belize, like... Oh wow! Yeah, we went to Belize together to shoot a couple of music oh, videos. Yeah. One of them aired on Revolt TV. Nice. So it's, yeah, Safagar really just because I felt like you know we're the same. You know, we're both artists out here trying to make it. You know, he had definitely he has definitely went quite a bit farther in building a large fan base than me. But you know, just being around him and then going to Belize and it's like seeing where he comes from and meeting his mother and like all his people there. You know, and like. It's just very inspiring because I know I know his struggle and I, I've seen it, you know. Yeah. I just I respect that man. Totally. You know what I'm saying? Oh that's awesome. It's yeah. Super, super fucking dope. Yeah. Um Yeah. Um and it's crazy like how when you like when you meet someone like that and you can actually like experience like the culture, the dynamic that they came from, it helps you really understand who they are and what they're trying to do out here. For real though. Yeah. So you're that being said, so being you're you're from Beloit, you know, you live out in Madison. Um so what do you want like, you know, the people you grew up with, you know, the the people that, you know, you um grew up around, people that also like are trying to make art, like, you know, experience the yeah, find that find that, you know, that uh beauty within themselves. Like what do you want them to know based on what Honestly, your experience? Very basic things. Number one, be a good person. Like, hands down, like, don't fuck people over. Like, just be a good person. And if you fuck up, like, do your best to, like, make right on that. Because this isn't about money. None of this is about money. It's about relationships. It's about people. Because people are going to do way more for you than money ever could. They're going to put you in positions and, and, you know, and what do we do? We just get money to spend it on our people. Um, you know, like, it's it's about people first. So... Be a good person, um, and if you're on this path, a creative path, you need to go places, you need to meet people, and you need to do things. That's how you're gonna get there. You're gonna you're gonna show your face and show your and and your sound is gonna be heard, and you're just gonna keep being in everyone's face and shaking everyone's hands and supporting everyone else to the point where it's it's undeniable that people have to know you. People have to know who you are and what you do. Yeah. You know. So just be good to people. Be good yourself. You know, know you can do it. Mm -hmm. Go places, meet people, and do things. Yeah. There's a lot of things. <laughs> there's things to do. Yeah. A lot of things. For real. Things, yeah. It's, it's like, they all seem like very basic truths, like uh, cliche uh, of sorts. But it's amazing how, uh, how blind so many people are to that. And just do the work. Yeah. If you ever, bro, like, 
the people that I've been around that are truly groundbreaking people, that are truly super influential, I'm telling you what they're doing that's different than everybody else that makes them that successful is they're putting in the work. Like, yeah. it's not some all this, you think you need to do all this stuff. You think you need all these things to win. No, you need to just go places, right. meet people, do things, be a good person, and create, and put in the work, and put in the, the act, find the need and fill it, and do it, and spend more time doing than talking, spend more time doing than thinking, right. doing, do, do things, because that's, Show one, up. that's one thing about <laughs> Colin, like my boy at Kid Super, like he's yeah. so successful because his mind isn't on anything else, it's on the next step, and right. how can we approach this, oh there's an obstacle, okay, how can we get around that? immediately like mm -hmm. he's putting in the work we all have 24 hours in a day listen to nipsey hustle right yeah rest in peace <laughs> for rest real. in peace for and real. i think yeah like before i go to bed every day like as i'm falling asleep like a lot of the final thoughts of the day are like how i'm going to compartmentalize the next day yeah you know like when i wake up I'm gonna wake up at this time. You know, I set my alarm so I have this uh, a good amount of sleep. Mm -hmm. uh, literally did this this morning. Mm -hmm. Wake up. Me too. And um, mm -hmm. uh, you know what? What's the first thing? I'm gonna get the coffee pot started. Then I'm gonna come back to my room. I'm gonna you know uh, if I have like I'm, I'm gonna block out like this amount of time to write this break and entering article or edit this podcast yeah. or. If I can even finish the movie I was watching the day before, because you know I like to stay inspired yeah, by other, of course, by other you know doing something things. Yeah, exactly. And then um, you think about well, I have this episode and this episode. You know, like how am I going to fit everything I need to get done for that day, like in that amount of time before I have to go to work? But I'm thinking about like I'm thinking like um, you know consciously that we live in you know. There aren't enough hours in the day, and you know, I, I, like, For real? I, like seriously, like it's the bane of my existence. But you know, I have to think about the means that we're working with. Yeah. That you know, I have to be at work in you know at, at four o'clock today, and like, what am I gonna get done, and how am I gonna like, not waste a minute of that time I have, to you know to feel uh, wholesome and complete and fulfilled yep. for that day with that with that time I, I have to do it. Um, it's, you, you just can't like be complacent. Right. I think there's a lot of complacency. Oh yeah. That's what holds a lot of people back that they say they're going to do this. And they just, they don't. I, I think it's very, a fear driven mechanism that people are just, they're just, they, they fear like, it, it's kind of like how, you know, how you had homework to do and you put it off until the last minute to do it, mm -hmm. like until the night before it's due. I think a lot of people are just like, they have a lot of anxiety about just starting it yeah. and getting it done. Yeah. And it holds so many people back from achieving greatness. Yeah. I mean, I'm really great at creating stuff, really bad at some other things, like my <laughs> yeah. laundry. Right. Yeah, same. Same. So it's like... Terrible at laundry. So, <laughs> so it's literally like, yeah, but don't you, don't you find it funny how anytime like you do just start something, right? Yeah. You just get in, you know, your your brain narrows in on a task. Yeah. And then it's right. just like, it's kind of fun. Oh, yeah. It's good. Like, doing the dishes. Like, I'm just like, oh, well, like, yeah, I, I did not want to do these. But now that I'm doing them and listening to music, like, I'm also listening to music. So right. I'm, like, keeping up with, like, listening to music. and you You're know. being positively stimulated while you're doing it. Yeah. And that helps. And that's another yeah. thing, too, is you got to, 
like do all the little things that you need to do in between and during all the other little things that you have to do. I think that's super key in being productive. That's kind of trippy. Yeah. Doing all the little things in between all the other little things that you're doing, like doing the dishes. Okay, well, I'm going to take this time to like find some new music on Loom while I'm doing that. Get right, to right, some right. new artists while yeah. I'm Because, yeah. you know, I'm just playing while I'm doing dishes. Right. And then, oh, I hear a dope song and I go and add it to my Save library. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know what exactly. I mean? yeah. Or I'll repost it and tag them. Like, damn, yeah, I'll sleep on you. Dog. Good luck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just do it. It's like all fucking think, man. That'd be a good episode. I should, I'm gonna have. I just thought of that person. I'm gonna add them to my list of people straight I want to interview. Straight up, straight every day. Up. I did that a couple times today already. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So, so you're working on this new album. Uh, I guess it's like, um, yeah, man. Like, what are some more further goals? Some immediate goals that you're you got right now? Yeah. So, I'm very excited because so I have two trap EPs, but then I have my full length album that I'm working on. It's gonna take yeah. a little longer. That's called Life's a Trip. And I'm trying to roll that out with a mini documentary, um, awesome. also called Life's a Trip. And so when I'm going out to the Bay Area to work on this documentary with um, this girl, Tony. And uh, so that's like the immediate goal. Like that's what my sights are set on. I'm going to go yeah. there and do that. And I'm also trying to get uh, myself set up to uh, begin working again. Because right now I'm in a transition period. Um, I just came back from New York City from Fashion Week with Kids Super. As soon as I got home, like I haven't really been in the studio much, a little bit, you know, I always stay a little active, but you know, I'm moving out my crib. I have an RV that's just like on ice. I got I took it out, like did a bunch of work on it. So it's ready to go on the road, but I don't want to take it yet. Yeah. So I got to like store it, you know, I got to make sure my family's good and everything. And then, yeah, I'm going out there to get myself into a position where I have a spot where I'm living. And it's in an, in an area where I can brush shoulders with the right people. You know, like you want to be around creatives, like in an area like this. All the time. Or you're yeah. down in Bushwick and Williamsburg yeah. in Brooklyn. You know, like you want to be where other creatives are. Logan Square in Chicago. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, um, um, I want to do the same thing I did in Madison though. I want to um, open a studio. Like even if it's just like a small office. You know, like I don't need a big, right. just some place that we can really go to and work on a regular basis and bring people to. And the cool thing is my boy 88 Brazen, who I've been working on these trap projects with, he's an amazing producer. Um, he's moving out to San Francisco as well. So me and him will probably get to continue oh, yeah. working out there, which will be a right. totally... Seems ideal. Uh, yeah, it's going to be another vibe. Yeah. You're always in motion, man, it sounds like. Yeah, to be honest, so I'm like at home, right? Like last night and I'm... I'm I started making music in 2010, so I have this timeline. It's like I got one page in my notebook for 2010, 2011, 2012, all the way up until wow. now. Yeah. And I was just writing down, and I'm going like I literally just downloaded like 6,000 videos from my iCloud onto the hard drive with all the like Nikon and GoPro footage I yeah. have to for this documentary. And I'm like writing down all these things, like all these events, like the places I went and what I did there and who I worked with, and just other pivotal things in my life. And I was just like, bro, like I literally can't fit it all on one page. Like I'm like, wow, bro, like I have done so much in just the in just the last three years, tw 2017, 2018, and 2019, bro. Right. Bro. Yeah. Oh my god, like I didn't even realize. Like I just been going, 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 and now that I'm writing all this down, I'm like, bro, how am I doing this? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> how right. I do this? It's like that imposter syndrome, like where like. You're like, I don't even feel like I'm doing that much, but I've done that much. I guess. Seriously. Yeah. People always, 
they always overestimate what they can do in a year, but underestimate what can be done in a day. Yeah. That's, you know? that's man, that's real. Yeah. Like, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have, like, three cribs, you know, next year I'm going to have, like, you know, a million, 1.5 and three cribs. Right. It's like, but you don't have nothing right now. Like, I'm not right. saying you can't do it, but I'm going to say, like, realistically, you know, I'm getting, I'm going to have quarter million streams by next year and, you know, make a couple thousand dollars, you know, with music. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe move. Yeah, you know, right. you know like realistic. Like, you know, but then today, like today, I'm you know, I can finish four mixes that I have. Now I got four tracks completed, and spend some time with my daughter, and exercise, and do the nice you know, guy podcast. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. Prioritizing that time every day. You know, just making a to do list and getting in the habit of mm-hmm. just algorithms right right patterns and those patterns keep overlapping day after day after day they're building every time you overlap your pattern you're just building 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 and then before you know it three years went by and you're like holy shit since 2017 i went all these places and did all these things Mm -hmm. and and produced this much music like (laughs) (laughs) yeah man i mean in in in, uh as long as i've been uh it's been about eight months since i started doing the show this has got to be around yeah, you've, 175. You've talked to a lot of people, dude. It's fun. It's so awesome, bro. So like, awesome, <laughs> bro, you're gonna be the man. Like, <laughs> you're gonna be the man. <laughs> man, I well, uh, and people like you are the reason I do it. So, um, so man, uh, I I want to ask before we close out. Sure. So like, you know, I so I I mean clearly I had no idea like you had a missing homie. If he's still out there, like, what do you want to tell him? What would you tell him? Honestly, man, like, I love you, dog. Like, you know, like, I do this for us, you know? I do this for our family. And, yeah, that's the only reason I do it, you know? Like, just to see people smile and make, and make sure people don't got to worry about where they're going to lay their head at night or what they're going to eat. Or, like, you know, I don't want anyone feeling as suppressed as we have felt. You know, I don't want anyone feeling alone. I don't want, you know, and that's all we ever did this for. So, you know, bro, like, I'm still here, still doing this, and you already know what time it is, you know? Yes, we do. And I think on that note, that's beautiful. Yeah, man. We're ready to close out. Yeah, life's a trip, Doc. Life is a trip. All right, Trace. You dig. Also, we got Aaron in the house. We didn't mention that before, but Aaron's in the house. (laughs) Um... Delivering your uh, a Domino's pizza to hungry drunk people near you. Uh, <laughs> all right, Trace, uh, tell me what keeps you up at night. What keeps me up at night? Hmm? I don't know. I was thinking about it. I don't know. <laughs> My insomnia? Insomnia. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> well, the craft. What gets well. me up in the morning, though? My passion. Your passion. No alarm clock needed. Fire in the soul. That's good. Wake up. You too. Yeah. What puts you to sleep, though? Usually my daughter, because she wants to, she wants to snuggle, <laughs> and like, I'm just so comfortable yeah. in her presence. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That's good. Well, thanks for being on the show, bro. <laughs> Had a lot of fun, man. And uh, this is real. Uh, Wisco. It be like that, uh, streaming, and also um, on all platforms. And go download Bloom, live on Discovered Music. Yeah, there we'll you go. You yes. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time. Peace. Mr. Nice Guy.